The world of marketing is ever-changing and can be confusing, frustrating, and outright exhausting. Welcome to Unbottling, the marketing podcast where experts share their experiences, stories, and best practices on online and internet marketing. Featuring Steve Wiedemann, former marketer for Disney, Skechers, and other well-known brands. Break through the hype with real marketing tips from industry leaders. This is Unbottleneck. Ooh, here's that troublemaker now. We're uh, <laughs> we're waiting for you. Hey, stranger. Hey, sorry for the delay. No worries. Thanks for making it. Uh, we've got a few people still kind of dropping in, but I was just bragging about you and kind of um, you know all the amazing things that you've done. Well, I know you've got a limited window, so what I will do is I will kick this off with a quick introduction, if that's all right with you. That sounds good. So I was just drinking some water, <laughs> but I do apologize for the background noise. Sadly, I can't do anything with kids and COVID. It's all good. I just found out something, by the way. I found out that you actually went to uh, Cal State Fullerton. So, yeah, I went to CSUF. Yeah. yeah, we have we have some Cal State folks that are that are joining us, and I'm actually teaching the uh, SEO course there now. If you can believe that. Oh, that's cool. I know, small world. All right, guys, here we go. So Neil, Neil Patel is a ridiculously famous entrepreneur. Uh, analytics expert and investor. We're going to see if I can get his head to swell up to the, the size of the window he's in right now. We'll see if like, we can make that work. He was born uh, in London, England, if you can believe that, and grew up in La Palma, California, which by the way, Neil, I grew up in Anaheim. So I was like right around the corner from you. That's um, close. That's right there. Small world. Uh, Neil's only 36 years old. Is that true? Really? You, dude, you're like, you look like you're 29. How is that even possible? I'm, I'm getting old, kids, <laughs> you know, although I love them to death, but I feel old. <laughs> you are a New York Times bestselling author. You might have read the book, for those who are listening, Hustle, The Power to Charge Your Life with Money, Meaning, and Momentum. Uh, Wall Street Journal calls Neil a top influencer on the web. Forbes says he's one of the top 10 marketers, and Entrepreneur Magazine says he's created one of, one of the 100 most brilliant companies. He was recognized as a top 100 entrepreneur under the age of 30 by President Obama and top 100 entrepreneur under the age of 35 by the United Nations and best known as the founder of Crazy Egg, Hello Bar, Kiss Metrics, and he helps companies like you know, little companies, you know, like Amazon, NBC, uh, GM and HP and Viacom grow their revenue. And uh, so Neil, welcome. And for those few students who haven't heard of you, um, tell us in your own words who you are and what you do at the moment. Sure. So uh, serial entrepreneur, as you mentioned, and, uh, and it'll get quiet here in a minute as people start leaving. But uh, serial entrepreneur, as you mentioned, grew up in Orange County. I'm an average Joe. Oh, sorry, I'm just going to move around. We all, I think a lot of us have kids. We all have kids here at the office for the most part. So we, yeah. we're with uh, you. And honestly, I'm just like a normal average person. I don't think I'm successful. I don't think, you know, all the awards or whatever don't really mean much. Um, I just enjoy being a family guy, spending time with kids, doing normal things like going to yogurt land and, or whatever else my kids want to do or my wife. And, you know, my roots. We, we, lose that. we lose that us, don't we, when we have kids? It's like, yeah, well, we'll be about us again when they're gone. But for now, it's like all about them. I guess that's that. right. And uh, I enjoy just little things in life, right? And I really appreciate all that 
um, I was able to get in life due to the California school system. Right. You know, I had a Cal grant. I don't know if people are familiar with that, where it's low income, they help you out and they end up paying for your college. But, um, you know, I'm a public school person, went to Cal State Fullerton, did all right. And uh, I really appreciate the education that I got. It's awesome. Yeah, and it never ends, not in our industry anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it does. So, so we've invited several students from UCSD, Cal State Fullerton, Fullerton Community College, um, to hang out in hopes of getting some advice from someone I think all of us in the digital marketing industry really look up to. Uh, the plan is to answer their questions and hopefully help build the future marketers of tomorrow. So when you're ready, I'll uh, start jumping into our questions. And we also have the Q&A going on um, Zoom here. So we'll we'll keep those going. We have Brian who's um, kind of vetting those, those questions to make sure that um, everybody gets their questions answered. Sound good? Cool. Question number one, and some people submitted this on forums, so um, there's going to be some people that couldn't make it and they're like, hey, could you ask this question for us? So number one is from Michael. Michael says, there's a lot of noise right now in the digital marketing world, uh, making it hard to decide where we should focus uh, or find our niche or niche, you know, if you're from UK, right? Um, you are, if you were starting over in a digital marketing career, where would you start? SEO, pay-per-click, display networks, affiliate marketing, or something else? I would start off with whatever you're naturally the best at. Okay. So what I've learned in life is there's many different ways to slice and dice things. There's no right or wrong path, but if you tend to like something a little bit more and you tend to be naturally better at one channel over another, and they usually go hand in hand. What you tend to be a little bit naturally better at is what you also like a little bit more from what we've seen. Go focus on that. See, marketing's turned into omni-channel. There's no one path or right path. It's you have to end up leveraging all the channels to do well. Mm -hmm. And it used to be, you can build a business off of one channel. Facebook grew through the invite flow and email. Dropbox grew through social sharing. Yelp grew through SEO. Pinterest also funny enough grew through SEO, yep. but there's no right or wrong channel. What does help though, is if you get good at one channel, people will pay you for that and pick the channel that you're the most passionate about. And you think that you'll naturally do the best. At. Yeah, I thought I thought I was going to be in PPC. That's what I did while I was at Disney as the SEM account manager. And um, you know, when I when I was working with this all flash website, sending ads to Adventures by Disney, um, I was like, no, I I think I think we really need to do more SEO. And I, I think that really sparked my passion for the organic side of things, and immediately um, shifted where my career went. I went from hey, I'm doing digital marketing, PPC, I have some SEO, uh, to I'm just going to do SEO because I just fell in love with it. So yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that 100%. Um, next question is from Ashley, as number two. Not all students uh, attending are in my SEO course. Um, so her question is, uh, you know, but being known for SEO, uh, what does the future of SEO look like, in your opinion? You optimize and I know it's like so different from when we started. <laughs> yeah, uh, you optimize for the user. See, everyone believes if you want to rank on number one, you need the most amount of links. That's other websites linking to yours. You need perfect on-page code and you need 3,000 words to a page. None of that's really true. When you do a search as a user, and let's say you search for, you know, cheap laptop and you're looking to buy an affordable laptop, you don't click on the number one listing and be like, yes, this site should be number one because they have 100,000 more links than the one below it. Right. You click on the first result, hoping that it gets you the product that you're looking for, the solution to your problem. And if it does, you're happy. If it doesn't, you click on to the next result. 
And Google's taking user metrics into account. If they know that everyone clicks on the second result instead of the first one, it tells them, hmm, maybe the second result should be number one and then one should be number two and we should swap them around. So do what's best for a user. It doesn't necessarily get you the rankings you want today. And it doesn't always guarantee that you're going to rank where you want. But in the long run, I believe that's what's going to win is optimizing for the user experience. And I'm not talking about the UX design component. I'm more so talking about giving people the solution to their problem as quick as possible and ideally in the price range that they want, if not free. I've seen, I've seen some websites do this, especially on e-commerce where there's like an exit pop-up. Hey, before you leave, can you answer one quick question? And the question is, um, you, you likely are leaving because you decided not to, to purchase from us. Could you tell us what we could have done better? Right? And, and if you're getting enough visits to the website, then it's, it's possible that in the mix of all that noise, you might actually get some helpful information. And I do, I do see a lot of people using user testing tools just to ask. And I know we did this with Jacuzzi, you know, back in the day, we would, um, we would ask, you know, hey, we've got three URLs, uh, a jacuzzi.com, a Lowe's, and a Home Depot. Which of these three URLs provides the most helpful information if you're looking for a jacuzzi, right, or a hot tub? And, and getting all that feedback, asking a thousand people and then theming each row, you know, based on the feedback. Ooh, this one's about not finding the price. Ooh, this one's about um, having the lowest price. This one's about, you know, and then taking all of that and just creating like a pivot table and saying, wow, the predominant theme of why people chose Lowe's over Home Depot and Jacuzzi was price transparency or whatever it happens to be. So you're right. And it had nothing to do with the design. I rarely did we get any feedback about, well, I thought, I thought the Home Depot site was prettier. Right. Yeah. It was always, I got what I needed. I got the price. I got the, you know, the features I was looking for and I didn't have to do additional research. I think you totally hit a good point there. Um, Jennifer says, I'm freelancing right now and thinking of starting my own business after I graduate. What are some mistakes I should avoid that might help me succeed as an entrepreneur? And I honestly, you know, I don't know anyone who can answer this question better than you. You've, you've like serial entrepreneurs, like the understatement of the year. <laughs> what are some mistakes that, uh, that Jennifer could avoid? Uh, I'm going to give you three. Okay. Um, number one, one thing that I learned on is focus is very important. Everyone has entrepreneur ADD or a lot of people do. I shouldn't say everyone. Make sure you focus if you focus and you spend time and energy on one business, not multiple, you'll be better off in life. <laughs> number two, if you want to do really well, you don't have to know everything. Just hire people who have done it before in your same exact space, in the same exact position. So like if you need someone who is really good at customer support, hire someone who did it for your competitors or a few of them, they moved up in the ranks, you know they're good, paying extra for those people, even if you have to scrap for the money or figure out ways to have a side hustle, whatever it may be, or raise money. Mm -hmm. It's night and day difference when it comes to growth rate. Like you'll just grow much faster. And the third one is you're gonna make a lot of mistakes and be okay with it. I made so many mistakes in my career, I can't even count how many. But what I did learn is those mistakes slow you down and that's okay. But most people keep making the mistakes over and over again. If you make a mistake and you learn from it and you avoid that exact mistake again, eventually you'll stop making as many mistakes and you'll be left down or you'll be led down a path of where you want to end up being. Um, and if you want to take it to the next level, read those books, you know, on other entrepreneurs like Rockefeller, you know, Titan's a good book. Um, and there's a lot of entrepreneur books out there on people's biographies, ex-entrepreneurs. Learn from their mistakes 
uh, read their books and they'll end up breaking some of them down and that'll help you also succeed. I love that. That makes, makes a lot of sense. And I, I can relate so much to the expert part of it. And I have a, a, a client, Paul, who um, always hires like the, the top guy he can find in an industry. And when, when he brings them in, it's not just, you know, hey, I hear you're the top guy. It's prove it. Show me what you did. Show me how you got there. Show me some reports, right, that, that sort of prove, you know, that, that you're the best in the industry. And so, um, you know, that, that made such a difference for him. Now in every discipline from SEO, PPC, email marketing, PR, he's got the top guys giving him guidance um, and either internal or external agencies doing the work, but they created the roadmap for him. And I think that made all the difference. Instead of reinventing the wheel, get somebody in who can give you that checklist of what you need to do in the right order, uh, maybe even not what, what not to do so that you don't make some of those mistakes you and I have made over the years. I love yep. that. I think it's so important. Um, Jessica's question, she has an SEO question. Um, how do you, how do you balance all the different responsibilities of data analysis, research, content writing, link building, and local SEO if you're just one person working on a small business? It's hard to balance it. You yeah. just tackle them one at a time. I know that's not what you want to hear, but pick the- I'm glad you didn't say lots of drugs, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's so hard. You're right. I think both of us, you know, had to learn the hard way, but yeah, what's your, what's your secret? I tackle them one at a time, even though that's not what people want to hear and go after the low hanging fruit first, whatever's the easiest to do that one person, just work your way down the list. It'll take you longer than you want. You probably won't see results as quick as you want, but that's okay. We've all been through it. And as you start growing, then eventually you can hire people to help you scale. Eventually, hopefully, you won't be working for a small business. You'll have a role with a bigger brand. Yeah. Um, Guillermo, Professor Wiedemann recommends working with established businesses when it comes to SEO. I've done that a few times where they've asked, hey, where should I start? Um, uh, that it's difficult to rank a new website without a budget for other types of advertising. What's your thoughts on ranking a brand new website? You can rank a brand new website. It just does take longer and you have to be patient. You have to be okay with it. There's nothing wrong with that. Just be okay for it to take years if you're going after competitive terms and maybe six months to a year if you're going after not as competitive terms. If you're going after local terms, maybe it takes you six months. So Neil, I want to be number one for mortgage on Monday. And uh, can you help me pick a domain? And <laughs> uh, Let's Google for the term mortgage and whatever's number one, you should try to buy that domain. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Um, Eric says, how important is social media, both in how it impacts SEO and in general as a marketing channel? Uh, how important is SEO from a social media social. perspective? How important is social media, both in how it impacts SEO and in general as a marketing channel? Yeah, I think it's really important. Um, a big component to SEO is brand. You'll mm -hmm. notice that brands tend to rank a little bit better. So if you build a strong social profile or multiple social profiles, uh, in different platforms, your brand will get out there and hopefully more people are familiar with your brand, create more conversions, um, more people type in your domain into Google then, and it should actually help your rankings really, really well in the long run. Interesting. Um, I, I'll piggyback on that. Any, any advice for creating an effective social media marketing strategy? Sure. It's leverage all the, con uh, leverage all the channels and repurpose your content. So I would go and... I would go and take the same content you put on YouTube, put on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, like literally throw it everywhere. TikTok, Instagram, like really leverage all the channels and be omnipresent and then cross promote your channels with each other so you can get followers from one channel to go to the 
next social channel. And keep in mind when you post your content, not everyone sees it. That's why you want your followers to follow you on multiple social profiles. That's so important. I rarely see people doing that. Like I, I never say, hey, if you're not following me on Twitter when I'm on Instagram and vice versa, that's so important. Um, I have an intermission question for you. So you are super successful as a marketer and an entrepreneur, which means you know how to grind. Uh, but when you're not being sort of a big deal, uh, what do you like to do for fun and entertainment? I play with my kids. Like you guys can't see it. Yogurt land? Is that where? <laughs> my kids set up a little rack of clothes over there on the staircase and uh -huh. she's selling her clothes. <laughs> you know, she's did that on her own and I'll teach her how to sell more and we'll get some foot traffic being her mom and some of the people helping us out in the house and you know, like stuff like that makes me happy. I read to my daughter or walk with my wife, you know. Sound um, like an amazing dad. That's awesome. I don't know if I'm that good of a dad, but I try. <laughs> All right, let's jump back in. So question number eight is from Ali. Professor Wiedemann talks a lot about habit building, routinely listening to podcasts and reading blog updates and so forth. What are some habits you would recommend for future marketers? Always read. If you read, you'll learn quite a bit more. Um, always test, you know, there's what works for someone may not work for you. And what works today may not work tomorrow. So you got to always continually test. Um, and don't judge a person based on their experience, especially in marketing. Some of the best ideas I've gotten are from fresh blood who don't have a ton of marketing experience. Just because someone's been in the space for 10, 20, 30 years doesn't mean they know better than someone who's coming out of college with a fresh perspective. Outside, outside perspectives can be so important. Yeah. For sure. All right. Mark says, I'm interested in building a personal brand. How do I become the next Neil Patel? Don't be the next Neil Patel. Aim much bigger than me. Um, and I think there's so many more bigger, better personal brands than me. Uh, the big thing is just be consistent when it comes to content creation and releasing out there and do it for years and years and years. And don't expect results in the first three. Gotcha. Yeah, it took me a lot longer. You don't want to play the long game. That's a real issue. But as long as you play the long game, you'll do well. I know I started in uh, the late 90s and did the corporate thing for several years and freelance on what I enjoyed in digital marketing. And it wasn't until 2010 that I finally took the risk to go out and, and you know, be my own marketer. Um, Lily's question. She's in uh, my content consideration class and she says, I'm interested in influencer marketing. Any tips or advice for someone interested in this as a career? Uh, the best way to make influencer marketing work, and most people get this wrong from what we see with influencer campaigns, they go for big influencers with a lot of followers. You want to go for micro influencers that are well-known in your space because the conversions are higher. And with those influencers, when they're pushing a product or a service, and they drive people to a specific landing page, that influencer, their image needs to be on that landing page. If it's not consistent where they're, they need to promote it on their profile page, as well as be on your website, the landing page that they're driving traffic, give those two things and they're well-known within your space instead of just being a generic quote unquote Kim Kardashian. There's nothing wrong with Kim Kardashian. She's done an amazing job, but uh, her followers could be about anything, right? You want, like if you're selling ties, you want an influencer who's known for ties. If you're known for makeup, you want an influencer who's known for makeup. Right. Yeah, don't just go uh, broad. I remember we had an attorney who wanted to do influencer marketing to push a Super Bowl commercial. And so we're like, hey, let's let's hit all the uh, the, the top 
uh, followed, <laughs> followed uh, influencers. So we went out and just sorted by that list. And we're like, you know what? None of these have anything to do with like law or even commercials or anything related to that. And so, so you're right. We had to find somebody that was a little bit more specific around uh, a topic that we thought would be more relevant. And I also hear that people, uh, influencers do a good job piggybacking off of each other. So if you've got 5,000 followers and you, you follow them, you, you in, interact and cross promote with the folks that have 5,000 followers and you get to 10,000 and they do the same thing with people that are at that level and you help each other grow until your, you know, your level is where you want to be. But it's, it's like what you said about, um, you know, being a, a personal brand, you just, you just have to keep chipping away at it. And I think the people who fail are the ones that just kind of give up. Yeah. Slow and steady does really win the race. Yep. Um, I'm going to jump to some of the questions that we just got. Any advice that you can give to us to help kickstart our own SEO career? Start your own website. The best way to actually learn is to start your own website. And practice. Oh, I got to say that so many times. You're right. Yeah. Most people don't want to do the work, but it is the best way to learn. Thank it's you. fun because every time you learn something, you put it in a post or a, a page on your site. Like I just learned this thing and you're almost like you're, you're blogging and, and writing content for yourself as a, as a place to store all the information you're learning. And if you do it right and write some good titles and descriptions, you could probably start attracting traffic to it just by you know, sharing content that you're learning about. Yep. I love that. So many people, what do I do? Start your own website, do it from scratch. What if I break it? Then you break it, start it over, refresh yeah. it again. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Oh, those poor, those poor four visitors that are going to your site right now are going to be really frustrated with you. Um, <laughs> which paid SEO tool would you say get, say gives the best bang for your buck? And as a freelancer, does it make sense to transition from free to paid tools? That's a good question. But I think a lot of people forget that you actually built a few tools, right? I built a few tools, one called Uber Suggest, where you can do a lot for free. Um, Ahrefs, SEMrush, and Moz are all good tools, and they all cost the same, all $100 a month as well, if you want a paid tool. Like 100 bucks. And there are a lot of free tools out there. I like, I like Search Console still. I'll, I'll do that. But if you want to do some of that competitive insight, yeah, you got to. Okay, I get that paid stuff. Um, next one is any advice for getting buy-in for digital marketing and SEO? That's a good one. I like that. Case studies. The easiest way to get buy-in is show what your competitors are doing and show their results and get data and estimates. You can use any one of those tools to help you get insights. Um, there's a lot of free tools out there that you can use as well to get insights and showing case studies and data to a boss on how much revenue you're missing out on and how much revenue your competition's making. It's the easiest way to get by. Some, something else I've done too is, is I recognize the, the people who participated in the last one and say, hey, and give them all the credit. Hey, thanks to this developer, we were able to fix this order now button that didn't exist on the site and we were able to push it through thanks to their help. And now we're seeing you know an extra $100,000 a month in online orders, all thanks to this developer who took the time to do it. And now that developer is like, I, I want to see more money coming in. And I, you know, I look really good to everybody. Make me look good again. <laughs> so um, let's see. If you only had time to learn one thing in regards to SEO and improving the percentage of clicks from new customers, what would it be? Copywriting. Copywriting, your title tags, your meta description. Uh, it's a great way to get more clicks. Love it. Um, who should we be following in the digital marketing industry? And I'll, I'll start by saying you should be following Neil Patel. <laughs> but, uh, but who else? Who do you follow? They should be following you. They should be following uh, Brian Dean. Uh, they should be following Search Engine Land, Search Engine Journal. 
uh, digital marketer Ryan Dice puts out a lot of stuff. Frank Kern puts out a lot of copywriting. You, you follow stuff. all of them? I, I do. Uh, Pat from Smart Passive Income. He's based in Southern California. I think San Diego still. Uh, he, he talks a lot about marketing and making it on your own in case you want to be an entrepreneur. Those are some people to definitely check out. There's just so many and the list will continue on and on. Got it. What is this EAT thing all about? Expertise, authority, trust. Uh, remember how we talked about brands a little bit ago, search engines rather way brands and no brands, especially if it comes down to like medical information, financial information. So try to create a brand, try to be an expert and authority within a specific field and you'll do much better when it comes to your rankings. Love it. Yeah, we see a lot of, of businesses that are um, that are in those industries and you get to their website and you're like, you know, I don't even know who these guys are. Yeah, there's no reason for me to trust them. Um, so I think I'm going to find a logo or somewhere that I feel like I can trust. I think the social proof that this is a certified doctor, here's his name, here's the articles they've written. You do a Google search for that doctor and you see their name all over real EDU and gov, you know, type content and you know, they're legit or they're in, in Google scholar as an author on the topic or something like that. Yep. Um, cool. Boy, the questions are still just flying in everywhere. Um, is it important to have good SEO on help articles, specifically a knowledge base or help center type website? It is. It helps. You should do that as much as you can on pretty much any type of website. Love it. What do you consider to be your greatest success? And what about your biggest bomb? This will be a good one. I'm actually curious on this one, too. My greatest success is probably going to be my latest company, NP Digital. Okay. Just growing so fast. We're on our, we'll finish up our fourth year this year. And I think we'll end with 500 employees. Wow. Uh, within four years. And then next year, my guess will be 700, 800 employees. Um, That's my Congrats, greatest, man. That's awesome. Thank you. Hopefully I keep creating more big companies. Um, although it's not big yet, but I'm hoping it'll become big. My greatest bomb was I had a company called vision web hosting then we changed the name to surf back in the day and I had this idea with you know when social media was popular like dig and all those sites like yeah get tons of traffic to your website and our servers would crash I was like why do you have to just have one server that's really beefed up because you don't use the resources most of the time so why can't you just have a collection of servers all sharing resources combined and pooled together and people have you're also not really on one server, but multiple servers, kind of like cl the cloud, right? And uh, this was before there was AWS and poor execution. The company didn't work out. We all know the cloud market's massive, just poor execution. Uh, right yeah, time. That, that was a good idea too. We had, we had to, when I worked at Pacquiolan, which is like a Ticketmaster company, we had to have multiple servers ready for when the Mets would go on sale or I think U2 sold out in like two minutes. And if we didn't have like four different web servers set up with all these CPUs, you know, it, it would have totally crashed. So we had to, we had to do optimization, not for SEO, but to make sure that images loaded like lightning fast so that people could get their seats and be out. And this is like, like 2004, right? So you can imagine this is uh, before we, we had, you know, half the technology we have today for sure. Oh, there's another question coming in and I know you're, you got about a 30 minute window. So um, do you do you have any tips on trying to market um, a, a stream such as YouTube or a Twitch stream? I've heard of Twitch, but I've never used it. Yes. So a few things. 
promote it on all your social profiles. If you have an email list, do email blasts. If you have a push notification list, do a blast there too. Um, but what I found that does really, really well with streams is piggybacking on other popular content. So if you see something working for someone else, consider testing that out. The other thing that I found that works really well with streams is collaborating with other people who have massive audiences um, because they can end up coming onto your stream with you and they can end up promoting it and that gets you tons of followers. Um, and a great example of this is you can just interview people and do live content you know, and when you're interviewing people, they can promote it to their audience and let them know about it. Um, a lot of the Twitch stuff and things like that is mainly like screen recordings and stuff like that. But again, that is all just promotion. Can you get other people to promote you, um, even if they're not on or included part of your stream? And then can you cross promote them or do something in exchange uh, to get them to be willing to accept the, to promote you? just like building your influencer marketing <laughs> that makes a lot of sense um i think one of the questions that i get asked a lot we went through all the ones that the the, the students had so far but, but guys if you have more please please ask them um is you know you're, you're kind of starting from scratch you've got a, a brand that just hired you they're i don't know they're probably getting 200 300 000 uniques they're in they're in e-com and they say neil i i need to do some seo uh, we had some people that are just kind of doing some things but there isn't necessarily a strategy uh, for you, what what goes into building a really strong SEO strategy? I, I think the key to really building a strong SEO strategy is to think about the customer first and give them what they want as quick as they want. And I'll give you a prime example of this. A lot of SEOs have this notion that you need tons of content or tons of links. And we talked a little about this, but I'm going to give you an example of how to tie a tie. If okay. I say how to tie a tie, do I really want to read 300 word posts or 3000 word posts? Just give no, me a diagram or a video. Yeah. Bingo, video, diagram, animated GIF, something that breaks down the steps as quick and as easy as possible and as foolproof and clear where someone gets it on their first try and doesn't mess up. To me, that's what builds a great SEO strategy. Really thinking about your ideal customer or visitor and putting them first and thinking about where are they gonna get stuck? What did I do wrong? Why is this not gonna work out? And like literally trying to poke holes in your strategy for your product, your service, your content, your images, your videos, whatever it may be, and putting it first and fixing everything that they would wanna see fixed. So you have that and you've, you've created this amazing page. Should, should we be thinking about like um, information architecture and, and creating supportive pages? Should we worry about links and link no. building? So my first step would just be go and create the amazing content product service. The second step is I would hit up the people who link to my competitors or talk about them on the social web and ask them to link to me or talk about me because I'm giving the content away or the products better, the services better. That's um, the hardest part too, Neil. I mean, I think when we, we talk about any kind of SEO, link building, link earning, you can't just like call someone and be like, hey, will you link to me? No. Like what, have, what have been some things that have worked for you when you're putting a plan together to get other websites linked to? So in Ubersuggest, we have this free feature called backlink opportunities. And what you can do is you can put in your competitor URL. So I put two or three of them in or two or three of their pages that are similar to mine. And it shows you all the people that link to them that don't link to you. Right. And the reason I like using that is if someone links to two, three of your competitors, but they don't link to you, if you hit them up, there's actually a high probability success rate. Because they're linking to more than one competitor. They're not biased. Bingo. That they'll link to you. If you just do the traditional route, just hitting up sites, asking to link to you, the success rate's really low. But if you know someone's linking multiple times to other people in your space, there's a good chance they'll link to you. 
That's true. And, and, and it feels like email never works. Do you, do you find that like making a phone call or using social media or some other way to connect with that person is more effective than sending an email? So I do email and then I'll message them on social media. And then every once in a while, I'll try giving her a call, but I try not to do the phone call too much. because. Really oh, but you're Neil Patel, though. When you send an email, people are like, what? <laughs> no, no. I, I, I don't send the emails. My team does, right? Gotcha. Okay. Fair uh, enough. The, the email, and we're doing it for websites. We're not really even doing it for my website. We only do it for client websites. But uh, the email and social uh, you know, messaging works really well. You don't really need a call with those two. The biggest thing that gets the links is just creating amazing content. Yeah, people naturally do that. We we saw even with a personal injury lawyer that creating some definitions and some really vivid, helpful images that describe those those definitions uh, made such a difference. We got uh, you know featured answers, uh, the the rich snippet thing at the top with the uh, you know position zero as they call it, uh, and and it created a lot of links. In fact, I would say most of the links came from definitions, how to checklists, all that kind of stuff, which. Which is why you know Uber Suggest has always been great. Not, it originally, it started as a uh, as a tool that would look at Google search suggestions, right, to come up with ideas. That's right. And then we bought it, and then we changed it. That's amazing. So, and there's there's a lot of tools that will give you you know good keyword ideas, even Google's own database. But I don't feel like I don't feel like the data is real. I feel like like Google combines a lot of different words and says this is a keyword. And the average volumes around this number. Is there anything, is there anything different than than Google's keyword database that you know about that gets you more accurate search data? Uh, Google Search Console. If you can get a lot of search console. That's true. Data. Impressions. Yeah. If you if you can prove that you're almost always on page one, and you look at the impressions, and you know you're getting 100% of the impressions, then that impression number could be a real number. Yep. And we love the search console data more than anything else. I love it. Oh, we got one more and then we'll wrap up. Um, what is the best way to present yourself as a competitive digital marketing applicant for job searches? Um, I'd love any advice on how to set myself apart as a prospective digital marketer. So if I was applying to a company, you can submit a resume, but what I would actually submit is, hey, you want to see my resume? You can see it here on LinkedIn. Instead, if I worked at your company, this is what I would fix. And I would break down all the things the company is doing wrong and solutions. That's how you get the job. I love it. I think a professor just threw in another question. Go for it. Students want to know what the best path is for a college student to achieve great success like Neil. Go out Read, read your book, Hustle. <laughs> you don't need to read the book. What I would just go and do is go out there and go help out companies that you want to work for for free. Seriously, just go get the experience. And people take that for granted. Like when I was starting off, I would literally pick up the phone and I would start calling and, you know, try to get paid gigs. If people didn't pay me, I'm like, how about I do the work for free? If you're happy, then pay me. A lot of people didn't pay me, but some did. Then I change it to, how about you pay me after I get you the results? If I get you nothing, I just eat the time and the money on my end. And some people took me up on that, but I did whatever I could to try to drum up that business. It was a pain, <laughs> but it worked. It was a lot of late nights when I was doing my corporate time at, at IBM of just doing free work for DJs and friends. Like, hey, can I build you a website? And let me do it. Let me take over your, your site sucks. Let me, let me play with it and we do something. And so, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of volunteer work. I remember yesterday, someone on the office hours asked me something similar. And I said, just just go door to door and ask, hey, what are you doing with the digital marketing? Can I volunteer for a month and help or go to an agency and say, 
hey, agency, I'd, I'd love to improve my SEO and other skills. Can I work for you for free as, you know, sort of a, an intern or apprentice? Just tell me what you'd like me to do and what you'd like me to work on and how to do it. Um, I'll do it for the training and you get the free labor. And yep. uh, man, it's worth a shot anyway. Um, do, 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 do. This is funny. How do you how do you hustle in high school? Well, I think as Orange County kids, we, uh, you know, we just we were just brilliant because we're from Orange County. I mean, right. <laughs> That's funny. It's a good question. How do you hustle in high school? Who's on this thing? Passionists try different things and then go try to make it work. Yeah, I mean, no kidding. Like, I know that's not the answer that people want, but you just got to do whatever it takes. And if you want it bad enough, you'll figure it out. Don't break the law. Don't do anything unethical. But like, literally, just go do whatever it takes. And for every type of person and every different situation or every situation is gonna be different. But that's okay. Just literally go out there and try to do whatever it takes to make it happen. I remember I wanted a job when I was in high school that would pay six figures. I literally started applying to every single job I could find on monster.com and career builder. And when I couldn't find that, I'm like, I'm going to go create my own job board and I'm going to become rich like these guys who help people <laughs> find jobs. You know, like you just do whatever it takes. Yep. I remember you, you had that when you were growing up. I'm, I'm 45. So I got to pick up trash at Knott's Berry Farm as one of my first jobs and throw newspapers for the Orange County Register. And we didn't have Knott's Farm as well. We didn't have job boards. No way. I was in Park Services. Where'd you work? Park Services. I picked up no trash. No way. Oh my God. And you had to go by their, their professional rules of, you know, why were you watching the fireworks? Well, there's nobody around and I'm done. <laughs> so that you was gotta so polish funny. your shoes. Do you remember? They always would make you polish your it shoes. It was the weirdest polish. thing yeah like you realize my job is just picking up trash um one more came in real quick uh if you got time uh i'm kind of a tech uh novice uh what tools or resources would you recommend for building my first website that's a good one wordpress Wordpress wordpress.com or wordpress.org i've been hearing wordpress getting compromised quite a bit and a lot of people ask me that question not because they don't know what system to use but because they're worried that wordpress is going to get hacked yeah, you don't have to worry. You can use like Greenhost and it's really simple and they'll take care of all that stuff for you. And you click some buttons and you're up and running with WordPress and you install a theme so you don't have to design and you're good to go. Yeah, the San Diego students who are, who are on know that we use um, WordPress for how we're learning analytics. So they'll, they'll all uh, basically get a WordPress site to work with and then they install GA, they install the uh, tag manager. Well, I have to do a lot of the tag manager stuff at the, uh, the registrar now. But, um, but then they go through and they actually set up uh, Google Tag Manager events to click phone numbers. And, but, uh, but it's all done through WordPress and WordPress, you know, basic themes that are kind of out of the box. But um, yeah, you're right. Um, how do you, how do you what? How do you name great companies? That's interesting. How do you name your great companies? Oh, so someone, someone's super impressed at the crazy egg and um oh, you know, his metrics and they're just all random seriously they're random no way yeah you get you didn't like do like a survey or anything or crazy yeah one of my buddies recommended that when i was in high school so had the domain <laughs> it's too cheap to buy another domain name so i'm like oh let's just call the company this you know yeah, everyone loves it though do you have any recommendations specific to ooh, here's a specific one to vacation rentals i rent out vacation rentals in uh, san felipe mexico um with vacation rentals it all comes down to just listing instead of doing seo i would just put my my unit on airbnb verbo and all the other major sites 
they spend so much on SEO that does really well and they'll get you a ton of people and they spend so much on marketing is worth paying their fees. It's actually probably cheaper and better ROI. I know this because my father-in-law has a uh, Airbnb and it's just, he makes so much more just or vacation rental putting it on Airbnb than if we were to do the marketing yeah. um, because they're able to spend money, but because they have so many listings, it becomes cheaper and cost efficient. Uh, and the other thing I would do is have amazing pictures, amazing pictures and reviews really help sell. That's funny. Cause that's, that's what the next question was similar to It's about media and, um, you know, uh, professional videos made with Camtasia or screen flow are better than those that can be made with, um, you know, with other tools. Uh, it's, you know, honestly, in my opinion, I think, I think the, any video you have, as long as it's. Um, showing your expertise and something's going to be good, but you're, you're like yeah. the video master. I, I can't, I cannot go to Facebook without seeing you in a, uh, with like a white background being like, Hey, it's Neil. And I'm like, like, dude, you're all over the place. <laughs> so you're, you're, what are you using to, to do video? And what do you recommend to, to other folks? Like, is that a green screen? How are you doing all that? I go into studio. I have a videographer, but you don't have to do that. You can bust out your phone, like the Ty Lopez's of the world. There's no right or wrong either any of those approaches work seriously it doesn't really make that much of a difference if you're selling a product or a service the video quality needs to be high but if you're just talking and trying to build the audience casual actually works better just bust out your phone and start talking yep all right i promise this is the last one for some reason they just kept flying in <laughs> but uh, has there been a project that you've needed to back out of and if so um how do you um how do you tell your employer you need to back out of something there was a project that I worked on. The employer had a lot of money or the business had a lot of money and I couldn't just do it. And I told him, I'm not the fit for this. I don't think I can end up doing it. And then we parted ways. Um, and then you just got to find a new home for yourself. Um, we've had, we've had or, clients too. Another feeling. Yeah, like just sometimes it's not a fit, the company that you work for and just go find another one. Or if you know, you're working with them and you know, you think that what they're doing is not right. Just let them know. And if you get fired for it, so be it. You told them the truth and what's best for them. I love it. Any final it. tips or advice or thoughts for the students and uh, the folks listening? Do whatever you're passionate about. Don't worry about the money. The money comes when you do great work. And that typically revolves around doing what you're passionate about. Like, let's say you learn marketing or SEO. You don't have to be a marketer or SEO for someone else. If you love vases, Go sell vases online, you know, or if you love flowers, go sell flowers or market a flower site. Like you don't have to be a marketer for someone else. You can do it on your own. But the key is, or, and if you do it for someone else, just make sure you're passionate about it. Like if you love Disneyland and you're a marketer, go market Disneyland and work for them because they have amazing movies and theme parks and experiences and content. But if you don't love what you're doing, life is short. Don't work for money. I know we all need it and you need to work for money, but there's no reason why you can't find something you love that pays enough. You may have to cut back on some expenses, but so be it. Yeah. Otherwise you look back and you're just like, I just, I've just been miserable for years doing something I, I didn't enjoy doing and I'll never get that time back. So it's like, do the things that you enjoy. And like you said, the money will come, especially if you're, if you're grinding at the thing that you really like and you want to be the best at it. Even if, even if you're like a dog trainer, you could create a course for people that want to train their own dogs. You could do an ebook, you could do affiliate marketing and, and talk about dog training. Just, you know, talk, talk to, 
folks that are in the digital marketing communities and reach out to people like, you know, like you, Neil, and, and myself and say, hey, any advice for someone who wants to quit their job and, and do what we enjoy? And I'm sure people would love to, you know, to help. So for sure. Um, Neil, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking time. I know, I know how valuable it is. You've got so much going on. And, um, you know, as, as someone I think has been your friend for what, like 11 years when we first spoke together, um, yep. I'm super proud of you and, and all the amazing work that you've done. And if there's any way that, you know, I or the, the, the students or the schools that, um, you know, that we're uh, talking with today can, can, you know, do something back for you, please let us know for sure. I'm good on my end. Thank you guys for taking the time to attend. I know it's late for some of you guys and you guys have dinner and families and parents and kids. So really do appreciate you guys taking the time to ask questions and attend and pay attention and uh, best of luck. Um, you know, and the one thing I will say is whether you went to a community college or Fullerton or uh, UC San Diego or any school, Remember, it doesn't matter where you went to school, as long as you put in the work and the effort, you can do better than anyone else out there. It doesn't matter if you went to Harvard or didn't even graduate from college. That's the beautiful part about marketing. People will respect you based on the results you drive. And that's all that really matters at the end of the day. So go practice and get better and put in the time and effort. Awesome. Thanks, Neil. I'm gonna let you go. I'll stay on for everyone else who has questions and, and you'll have a great night. Enjoy your family and uh, stay out of trouble. Take care, everyone. Bye. All right, see you.